can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed We Hello to all of our groovy listeners out there. Um, you are officially listening to Movies We Missed, or MWM, in some fandom circles. I know um, there's been a lot of traction happening lately. So we just had our four millionth listener, actually, <laughs> Josiah. So special shout out to Josiah, jo- um, which is funny, you know, given the, the movie you're watching today. But I want to just say hello. My name's Brandon Greenhouse. Um, I have my lovely co-host, Jane Blackburn Hammer. We're both live and in color and we're coming at you, ready or not. Um, how are you doing, Jane? I'm, I'm great. I'm I'm thrilled to have our four millionth listener. Is that what you said? It was. Yeah, it was a four millionth. And I just got yeah. the, I just got the email from um, Apple. Yeah. So fan- it, yeah. Yeah. Apple emailed you specifically. It's an umbrella that like sort okay. of encapsulates it all. So that's sort of who's underwriting that company. Yeah, um, and it certainly sounds, it does sound like you know what you're talking about, for sure. Absolutely. You know me <laughs> and technology. Um, I, I almost forgot to say earlier, um, I didn't give you guys the full fantasy, the full spiel. This is Movies We Missed, a podcast mm. dedicated to revisiting the films of yesteryear and breaking them down one episode at a time. Um, and uh, we are here this week, uh, ready to give you a little bit more what you've been what you've been wanting, what you've been asking for in the comment sections um, mm. on all the platforms we check constantly um but yeah Janie how, how are you doing how's your week been I'm good I'm good this is our first time recording after releasing our podcast for the first time which has been crazy and so fun and now I'm like aware that people can hear us and are listening to us <laughs> which for the first several episodes we kind of forgot that that was a thing you definitely did. Okay. Um, I think, given some of the, the professionalism that you brought to the table, but I never did. Um, I'm always here ready to work uh, for no, the of fans. Course. Of course. Uh, we appreciate that. But that was nice that. to get that little peekaboo into your mind and how, you, how you'd approached it initially. And it, everything <laughs> checks out. Um, but no, it's really fun. We've gotten a lot of really good feedback. Um, we've gotten some really wonderful fan mail. Um, some letters <laughs> that the person, you know, where they do the classic sort of stalker, let's cut out the letters from like, you know, oh, like yeah. the Anne Klein catalog, mm-hmm. um, you know. Or like an old Cosmopolitan from 1998, and they're like cutting out letters and declaring their love for us. And it feels good to be in this position, you know, to be yeah, exactly. celebrated like in that way. So No, uh, but I... I, I, I do want to say thank you for everybody to everybody who has no thank you listened for listening. and reached out. We really out do genuinely appreciate it. It's been really exciting and it's been really fun for us to like hear from people and oh, the reception has been really good and people have been so kind and we have we did I mean we did ask for compliments only when asking for feedback and we would like to continue that vibe for sure. So if you do have something to say, if you're not liking it. Um, you can go yeah, ahead if, and yeah. shove that 
up your ass is what I was going to say. If you're not liking it and you have something to talk about, that's what the wall in your room is for. Exactly. Go Go ahead ahead and write that down. Yeah, write that down and um, deliver it to a roaring fire. Exactly. Don't come here. Don't come Mm -hmm. here. My cauldron's Mm -hmm. full. (laughs) Also, this is a a big week for many reasons too because Brandon and I saw each other in person for the first time. We did. We last, did. We saw each other. Was it last in, week? In person. Yeah. 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 And you know, Brandon couldn't stop crying. He's a little obsessed with me, and you know, it's true. Yeah. Missed me but, so much. So. And I showed Jane a lot of the fan art that I created in her honor. <laughs> that I I coined it. I just call it fart. Jane mm. fart is what I call it. Um, for the fan art that I created. And it is incidentally a lot of letters that look like they're cut up from old Cosmopolitan magazines. You know how I am. So. You know how I am with my fingerprints <laughs> and traces and things like that. It's never been my zhuzh and it never will be um so i like to live off the grid um on the farm i like to source my own well my own Mm. i have my own well i like to source my water i like to find Mm. my own milk wherever i can um and (laughs) i imagine you running around searching for like room temperature milk i hate it (laughs) oh that's like that that's like that that we're talking about troll too all of a sudden <laughs> that hot milk they left, they left that room tent milk that was chilling on the shelf. They sent him away with. How dare you? That he was like, yeah, yeah I'll take that in some. You know oh, it was. You know he was chewing that too. You it was chunky as a fuck. Nice. Um, but yeah, um, Jane actually was the last assigner of a movie, um, and she gave me um, 2001's. Uh, 2001's. Let me think of the right way to put it. Um, 2001's poo poo of uh, big business. Of uh, big business. I love how long we waited for poo-poo. It was, but like... The lead up to... (laughs) The lead up to poo-poo was like, I was like, oh, we're going to get like an I was debating between... I was debating between between poo-poo and like an an indictment. Um, But I went with poo-poo. Well, I I mean... Just like Popeye. (laughs) I mean, I can't disagree with your assessment of this movie, honestly. Because I didn't remember it. Like, and there's a particular reason why I chose um, to assign it to us. Because I remember, like, the hype around this movie was so huge. Do you remember that? Um, I don't remember it, but I don't, like, I don't doubt that, though. Yeah. It was huge. They, You know what I mean? Like, every, it was, like, in People magazine a lot, like, I mean, it know. makes sense. Like, watching the movie, I com- it completely makes sense. I, for some reason, I don't know why I don't remember it. I was probably, you know, chasing some role in Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, <laughs> my high school was putting on, and that was probably where all my attention went. Honestly, t- to be completely honest, because of all of the theater that I did, I was in, I went to a theater magnet in high school. Like, we were so busy i think i i really did miss so much so many huge pop culture moments like i i miss them at the time and you know what brandon because, that's what happens when you know. you're so focused on school whereas me who barely paid attention i got in all the things i needed to get in namely classic poo-poos like josie and lucy get. <laughs> 
No, I'm. Hey, I'm. I'm here for it. You walked so so that we could fly together right now. <laughs> um, you did the hard I, work. I, well, I barely made it through my academic career so we could do this. <laughs> and you know what? It takes all. And time. here we are, by the way, on the eve of Brandon like going to school to get his PhD, and I'm like his dumbest friend. <laughs> no, you're not. You're so smart and you're so talented. Yeah, and, I set this um, up for the compliment. Uh, you know, uh, fishing always. But um, anyways, the reason so the re- I did want to say the reason why I did pick this movie. So I had a conversation with my friend Joe, who I also happen to work for. He's my boss, and he was talking about how he read an article in I can't even I think it was in Pitchfork maybe about how. I think it was the 20th anniversary of Josie and the Pussycats was this year and people were starting to see the film through a different lens and how they were talking about how it's like the most anti-capitalist film ever written and I was like really surprised by that because the only thing that I truly remembered about this movie was A, I didn't like it and B, I remembered leaving the movie theater and being like that was one huge advertisement and like I, I, we can talk about this more when we get into the movie, but like that opinion has not changed despite like several think pieces being written about it being anti-capitalist. Well, I will go ahead and say you can call me Bobby Brown or you're at Whitney Houston because we got something in common. I do not like this movie. Um, but I watched it three times. You I did too. Um, I... And uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, let's let's get into it. Okay, I'm gonna do a quick synopsis for us, just so that we're all up to speed. We know what the movie's about. We know what's happening. So strap in. <clears throat> you say strap on? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> do you? Okay. <clears throat> Josie and the Pussy Cats, Long Tails. <laughs> I couldn't get through it because of the way Brandon just looked at me. How did I look at you? I swear I wasn't. I was actually, I was actually thinking, "Ooh, this is really fun." And then I was thinking, Jane has a, Jane has a really pretty voice. Those were literally the two thoughts that I had. <laughs> oh my god! I thought you were. So, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love like, that. I love doing? that in the moment that I'm actually just sort of like silently standing for you. And you think <laughs> that like I'm, I'm judging you, which is literally the other 99% of our friendship. I was gonna you, say, would you train me to be a certain way? <laughs> yeah. So no, I actually was here for it. I was like, oh, come in with that energy. But I did. I, I did want to start I have, with the soundtrack. I get. I feel like more and more I've learned from this podcast and from feedback that I've gotten from you that I apparently have resting bitch face <laughs> because do. I was fully invested. I was like here for it. <laughs> I'm not like I'm not like demonstrative, but like I was fully here for what you had and you were bringing to no, the table. No, I I know you love these golden pipes. I know you do. I know a regular kidding. Avril lame vein. Um, <laughs> no. Should I take it again? Should I take it yeah, again? Please do. And okay. Tara, don't you dare cut that no this is this is all part of the process okay <clears throat> josie and the pussy cats long tails and ears for hats 
Josie, Valerie, and Melody are from a sleepy town called Riverdale. They're the best of friends, roommates, former classmates, and the coolest three-piece girl band in town. Only, the town of Riverdale just doesn't know it yet. They call themselves the Pussycats, and it appears that everyone around them is sipping warm milk. Because even though they rock their hardest, they're putting the townsfolk to sleep. Well... Don't worry, girls, because your luck is about to change. How does one become the biggest band in the world? I'm so glad you asked. Enter Wyatt, a British record executive who almost runs them over with his car. The band is just what he's looking for, and he's ready to sign them without even hearing them play a note. As soon as they sign, they're off to the races. There's a makeover, a near essential element of any movie choice covered by this podcast, a number one song recorded, a name change from the Pussycats to Josie and the Pussycats, and world domination all within the span of a week. How did they do it in a mere seven days? Meet Fiona, head of Mega Records. She appears to be an eccentric, fashionable HBIC. Turns out, she is all that, and much, much more. In addition to signing the hottest bands on the street, she's also putting subliminal messages behind the music to tell consumers what to love, what to buy, and where to buy it. She and her investors are making money hand over fist and manipulating the youth of the nation. Sounds like a foolproof plan, right? Except when Josie, guitar player and espionage expert, starts asking some questions. Fiona didn't expect the power of friendship to foil all her carefully constructed plans for world domination. But then again, she's never met a team of BFFs like the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. Just so you know, mm. it was wonderful. I thought you Thank were going to sing this whole thing, though. And I was like, Mama's oh, about no. to get... So, yeah, that but was I, great. But it just left me wanting more, as you always do, Jane. Well, as you always kinda, do. It was that's glorious. That's kind of my vibe. <laughs> I know no, exactly. I really I know exactly it. when to stop. <laughs> no, I just always think of inappropriate things, and then I'm, like, trying to self-edit. But it's just, like, <laughs> everybody's listening. They're going to see who I am. Um, so, yeah, no, that was a perfect summation of this movie. It was a blast. We've got, in the lead role of mm. Jazzy, we have uh, Rachel Lee Cook, you know? Mm-hmm. She's all that in a bag of chips. And she is coming off the heels of She's All That. And so she uh, is huge. I mean, like, kind of. Didn't she, It's been a couple years, right? Like, no, she's, she's All That, that was... She all, she's All That was 1999. This movie was made in 2000 and released in 2001. So she's still oh, got yeah. that buzz. Okay, so it's been about... I mean, yeah, so it's been about a year or so. Yeah, you're right. So um, she's coming off the heat of um, She's All That. Um, it was a huge movie. It was a huge movie. And Freddie Prince rumor has it that she was the one that they, you know, wanted for this role. And she was really surprised, actually, because I don't think she thinks of herself as a musician or a singer. And so... Well, I mean, famously, she's not. <laughs> but, you know, you you couldn't tell from, from the edit job they did here. Um, <laughs> so we've got her. We've got Rosario Dawson as Valerie Brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Tara Reid as Melody Valentine. Um yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure it's Tara or Tara? So I'm married to a Tara. So I'm always. I'm, I haven't thought about this until now, but in my head I always call her Tara Reed. But are you uh, going for Tara? I'm not know if I'm sure. I'm sure I don't care. Okay, and that's valid. 
<laughs> Don't ever, ever come for me and Tara read again. Oh, or Tara. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea how to pronounce it. I, I, I no, think I just either. assume it's Tara. Although I did work for a Tara at one time, and it was always really hard for me. It's like it's like Ariel and Ariel for me. It's like, mm. can we all just get on one page as a nation? This is too much. No, I know it's too much. It's too tough. Um, but yeah, it was a lot, it was it was a lot to take in. I will say that. Um, the movie, you know, one of the first things is we've got our boy band du jour. Mm. Um, and uh, it is comprised of Donald Fajan. Oh, now I'm worried about pronunciation. Speaking, okay, well, I was gonna say, speaking of pronouncing a name, I thought it was Donald Fazon. So you're probably you're probably right. So Fajan. Don- <laughs> Has anybody ever called him Fajan? <laughs> Has anybody ever called him? Um, so <laughs> of course got, he has. He no, I'm joking. I, it was a joke. The joke was literally right there. I just took the joke. Jo- no, Donald Faison is he's great. He's wonderful. No, he's, he's Murray. Straight. He's you know the black guy in Scrubs. He's so many things. Um, so Donald Faison. Um, we've got Seth Green. Um, and I didn't know this actor's name at the time, so I wrote down Franklin and Bash guy in my notes because he started in Franklin and Bash on like TNT Ooh. with Mark Paul Gossler. Um, Breckenmeyer. The... Oh, oh, Breckenmeyer. Of course. Well, you know that Breckenmeyer was also in Clueless with Donald Faison. Oh my God. I forgot he about played, that. He, he was played also... Travis, the stoner. With the homies. <sighs> of course, like I do my singing thing and then you have to like one up. It fell off at the end. I got some phlegm well, that came up know, my throat. You, and but you did have like a run in there that made that put me to absolute shame. So no, no, I won't. I won't accept it. I won't. I won't do that. Um, but we've got him here, and I don't know why I couldn't remember his name, but I could remember he was on Franklin and Bash with Mark Paul Gossler, MPG. Um, so we've got him, and then I, and then we have the other gentleman. Who I've um, never heard of or seen. Who I'd never heard before of or, or since. seen before, and I and I was so confused because I was just thinking like, huh, can can get a can get a fourth dude from I know. The early on. Like, where's Matthew Lillard? Like, right, exactly. Well, wouldn't he be a bit long in the tooth for this? I mean, I, I guess mean, they he all had done are. Friends and like, when, when, I mean, not Friends. My goodness, Scream. What? When did the opposite? <laughs> the uh, opposite. <laughs> What's going on with you today? <laughs> Scream was not that. Scream was not that long ago. Um, Jane's laughing also because I am a vault of useless information. Um, mm-hmm. She texts me with random tidbits, and she expects me to come up with names. And he was very helpful this weekend, actually, when I couldn't think of an American Idol contestant's name from I don't even know what season. Maybe like the sixth or the seventh or the eighth season, maybe. But I, it was the it was the Heigl it was Heigl season, I'm almost certain. Um, okay, sixth season, sixth season. Wow, yeah, um, I couldn't think of her name and I couldn't find her online. He came up with it instantly. So yeah, well, <laughs> you called, you know, um, an answer. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, of course that's not working right now. But the point is that <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not too shabby with useless info. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Not useless info to the people's families and friends, of course. Yeah, they want to know. Um, and it's useful are. to me. So, you know. Who, who, Let them know, girl. Exactly. Who, who's <laughs> to say? Yeah. Who's to say? Um, so, yeah, we've got the du jour starting out with these, like, dubbed over vocals. I did have, like, half a second when I was listening to them sing in that first scene where I was like, are they laying down the vocals? No. And then I heard some runs in there, and I was like, no, there's no way. Brecken's not. <laughs> 
Brecken's not bringing these notes. Um, what do you think Seth Green is? <laughs> is Seth, Seth, well, who knows? Seth may be a vocal beast, you know? That's true. He Seth does a lot of voiceover. Studio with like studio with like Jasmine Sullivan going like bar for bar. Um, so, yeah, we've got this band. And I instantly thought of the MTV band um, together, of course. Oh, of um, course. Because it was just giving me very, I know my calculus. Uh, oh, which I like thought was like the height of comedy when that came out. Oh, yeah. I actually thought the song was low-key like a bop. Like, <laughs> like it was high-key a bop. It's, it's, like, not bad. I feel like it's it not... played on the radio. Wasn't it on the radio? Mm-hmm. How did that so- it's like you plus me equals us. I know my calculus. Yeah. You plus, plus me, me equals us. us. Something yeah. like that. It was really good. I mean, and then we had, of course, O-Town. Like, a real oh, band, Liquid yeah. Dreams, which I thought when I that song came out. I loved that song. That's a filthy, that's a filthy song for, like... I cannot believe how filthy that fucking song is. And I've had long conversations about it because it's basically just about, like, well, nocturnal just, emissions. Yeah, it's just geysers on geysers. Geysers um, on geysers. But also the song the that DeJour, the song that DeJour is singing, not very clean either. It's called Backdoor Lover. And my first that's note, right. my first note is literally, okay, anal. <laughs> exactly. No, that's a good point. And I know that was your username on Tinder for a while, so I wonder if you <laughs> had sent out a cease and desist or anything. It, it actually wasn't... No, it wasn't okay anal. It was anal okay. Okay. Okay anal just sounds like <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Like you're going to have a fine time. <laughs> okay anal. You won't be calling and then you again. Get, you get yourself into a situation you do not know how to get out of. <laughs> you go to brunch with like your friends the next day and you're like, hey, uh, I had a little okay anal last night. <laughs> hey, was this weird? <laughs> Is it weird? I didn't change my panties, but I did have some okay anal last night. Um, what? I don't even know what that means. Well, you don't start out brunch by telling your friends about, like, <laughs> how old your underwear are? I know I... you do, because I'm your friend, so. Jane <laughs> always likes to come to a table at a fancy restaurant, like, a, a brunch moment, and just whisper, like, three days. And we all know what that means. <laughs> the dragging like... of my name. No, I change my underwear every single day like a normal human being, right. and I will not let that go on the record. <laughs> I thought this was a no-flex zone, but apparently (laughs) we've got a braggart on our hands. Get it out, girl. (laughs) Jane changes her underwear apparently multiple times a day. Sometimes she's got to. Sometimes, if you got to, you know. Okay. All right. I don't know. (laughs) Um, We have gotten so (laughs) I know. You do that. You do that. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I did also, like, everything that everybody was wearing in this movie... Um, I wanted to, it felt like I, if I was to sit in anybody's lap, I would slide right off. Um, <laughs> that's how I gauge clothing, by the way, is like <laughs> lap coverage. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was like, this is peak early aughts, late nineties, like mm-hmm. where everything's like, I mean, I never lived this life cause I was a child, but this is definitely what I saw being presented to me on award shows and red carpets and music videos was like the shinier, the better get that leather out of here. Oh my God. Absolutely. You something it's like plastic. <laughs> And and, like, first of all, my furniture will be blow up and it will be plastic. No questions asked. For sure. And my clothing will be shiny and frosty. My lipstick, my eyeshadow, 
and my body will all be frosted. And I will wear so much body glitter that I actually can't walk into another person's home because it will ruin the value of their house because I've left so much body glitter all around. Body glitter, which is a hazard, um, if you have taste. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you know, don't forget that. Don't forget that crimp and that flat iron mama. I feel like I remember <laughs> so many times being at like friends' houses, like, bef- <laughs> like before a dance or something, and like seeing oh one god. of the girls pull the f- pull the crimper out and just being like, "Oh my god, this is about to be lit!" Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, and I looked at it and I looked at them. And I remember thinking like, "This doesn't look good to me," but I know it's good because it's supposed to. Be be great like, oh my god to me it was like the height of beauty oh absolutely because like, like the thing is too like you'd use your straightening iron and then a crimper and it was like those two opposing things all happening in your hair like first you'd get it like six sticks straight and then like add in like a few random crimped pieces and it was like first of all <laughs> i'm britney spears from you know i think she did it in like the stronger video i remember well, she really definitely did it in Crossroads in that honky tonk. Oh, yes. And this was I like, love rock and roll, yeah. And I think Crossroads was 2001, right? Yeah. 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 So this so. is like the same. Yeah. It's like, I, it was such a vibe and people did it really hard for like a few years. Yeah. I, I remember also looking at my friend's hair, you know, while that was going on and thinking like, that can't be good for it. As I watched it become more and more straw-like um, from a distance, like Midler. Um, but yeah, so we've got these amazing shiny outfits. I did also note fairly early on um, the one, the only, Alan Cumming. Um, uh, oh. I did note Alan's uh, sensible bob. Um, <laughs> With and, like so much gel and like pushed oh, yeah. back behind his oh, ears. Yeah. like, And that's his hair. It was not a wig. I don't know why the choice oh. was to like... I I wonder if like he was like I'm not cutting my hair for this and they were like alright we'll work around it but it was he so was like weird. I'm gonna give you guys I'm gonna give you Sandy Frank's revenge baby like, <laughs> because I feel like wait Sandy Frank why do I know that name uh, oh Romy Michelle oh right where, 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 where. where he's okay. like the nerdy yeah. like billionaire <laughs> also known as a billionaire as far as I'm concerned also as a sexy billionaire as far as I'm concerned <laughs> It doesn't matter. The only difference is the bank account. Also, I want my billionaire. I want my billionaire nerdy. I I don't want a dumb billionaire. Get out of here. (laughs) Um, I don't know how I made it. I don't know how I'll lose it. It's like I do. We can just sign some of these these forms real quick. These documents just sign everything over to me. Yeah, real quick. I got an idea. Let's just get your Joan Hancock right here on this paper, and then I'll touch your John Hancock. Um, no, I'm joking. I'm, it's more with my than eyes that. closed. It's all about love for me. Of um, course, of course. No, yeah. So that was really great. There's a moment towards the beginning of the movie where Dijor, they're all in a plane, they're having a tussle, and um, they start asking too many questions. They get a hold of like a track that they shouldn't be listening to, which has some of that um, the brainwashing that we we're talking about on it. They approach Alan Cumming, and he realizes he has to kill the band. So I don't know why this was funny, as funny as it was to me, but he says to the pilot, let's take the Chevy to the levee. And then they jump out of the plane and the plane crashes, crashes in quotes. Um, It was a really, that was just a really funny little moment. That was a funny moment. And I feel like throughout this movie, Alan Cumming and spoiler alert, 
Parker Posey are like the comic relief that is needed. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Like it's so bad. <laughs> like, thank God that the, I feel like they're like very capable actors who are able to like deliver a funny line. Oh yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah, no, they're both really, really wonderful actors, and I feel like this was just a chance for them both to just like fuck around. And yeah, and get paid. I'm sure shitloads of money. A lot of money. Yeah. Um, I do want to say one thing that I noticed on the plane, which I don't know if you picked up on, but like when the 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 boy band is like arguing with each other, mm-hmm. Brecken Meyer is like doing this voice that like I think is like probably pretty inappropriate. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um no. God, I really I keep hate- all I'm thinking of is I just keep thinking of inappropriate jokes. Like so when you say <laughs> things, that's why I have a slow response because when you first said that, you said Breckenmeyer is doing this voice that I think is inappropriate for him and I, my first thought was is it the voice of an A-list actor? Um <laughs> but then I was like keep it to yourself. Um so anyway, what voice was he doing? It would just felt like I don't it just like felt kind of like a quote unquote I don't even know if I'm like this is the proper term or if I'm allowed to say this but like you're not like he was putting on like a black scent do you know what I mean oh like he was trying to be like sort of like yeah I got you and it was like this you know the Marshall Mathers LP had just dropped and everybody was (laughs) everybody was rife for the appropriation so I'm sure he saw an angle and he took it it was probably build a character yeah, I guess, like, I don't know, Justin Timberlake was, like, accused of a lot of, like, cultural appropriation when he was in NSYNC, so maybe it was, like, a nod He's always to stealing stuff. Yeah. Always stealing stuff. Stole that yeah. dress pad from Janet in the middle of the Super Bowl <laughs> concert. I was thinking, um, like, cornrows and, like... <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> but we know Justified is a bop, though. I mean, come on. I can't um, deny it. It's a good album. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah, you do kind of get the feeling that he was getting like black lessons from like Timbaland and Pharrell. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, that whole thing happens. That's hilarious. Then we meet Josie and the Pussycats. And the thing that was that I that I wrote down was like, I well, first of all, I was like, I, I, I was trying to gauge like what their level of like acclaim or fame was because you said earlier in your synopsis you gave them, you gave them like. Like the hottest band in town in their town and I was just thinking that's not what I saw but no you didn't listen to my whole sentence then well, no because I, I said I'm that- obsessed with you <laughs> no but I never do that baby don't worry I said that they are the coolest three-piece girl band in town only the town of Riverdale just doesn't know it yet oh yeah okay I got you. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. I, I heard part of it, and that's on me. <laughs> um, I also wrote down, there's a moment where a group of, like, I guess, popular girls show up, mm. and I did, and they start goading them, and I also, I wrote down, I love that these girls just came to the bowling alley to goad them. Like, they could have had them, like, walking out of, like, the bowling alley with, like, <laughs> shoes in their hands or something, like, oh, they happen to be here, but it was like, they drove up as they were packing up the band, and it was like, the only reason they're here is to, like, let let the audience know that these girls ain't shit. Like, and they drive away right after, don't they? Yeah, they, they take off in that Kia Sportage. And I was like... <laughs> um, well, also, did you notice the girl in the back is using a curling iron to curl her hair? And it's like, what is this scenario? She's flexing. She's got that attachment that lets you put it right into the, um, the cigarette, <laughs> the cigarette lighter. lighter. Side note. <laughs> Do you, the other day, I was just thinking about, like, 
cigarette lighters in cars? Yeah. How insane. Like, they are? So, so C- Cigarette crazy. lighters are so dangerous. I remember being in my grandmother's car. I burned my grandmother the floor. I don't remember what the car was, but I burned a hole in the floor <laughs> fucking around with that cigarette lighter. And I don't know. I oh, think- my God. I, like, burned myself several times as a kid playing around with cigarette lighters in the car. It was also, like, the, the old school ones were also, like, they, it was, like, lava. Like, you pull it yeah. out, and it's, like, bright. I also stun gun myself with my mom's stun gun once, and I didn't tell her because oh I was messing with it. Yeah, I was, I used to always, when my mom would go into the store and leave me in the car, I would always, the first thing I did was pull that stun gun out, because I loved seeing the, the, the lightning, the bolts, the bolt-to-bolt lightning. And my favorite thing was, like, playing with it, and also my mom routinely said don't mess with the stun gun in the glove compartment which is like girl you're so late with that warning like that battery is run down if you ever need it for anything you're screwed how how do you make that like more enticing for like a little boy like don't touch oh for sure i'm gonna touch your thing well i was like yeah i won't play with it in front of you, <laughs> but as soon as you go in that store, you better believe what's going to happen. I will, I will give you the respect of doing it behind your back, and that as is soon as you go in and get, grab those wild potato chips, <laughs> I'm going to be having my own little wild moment out here. That sounds oh. gross. Uh, oh God, that sounds like you're sh- <laughs> either jerking off or shitting your pants in the car. I, either or a little of- bit of both. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a poo poo platter, Mama. Um, I no, I dropped it one time, and it, it like it like got really close to. Like my pride, it like hit me on the upper thigh. I was in my hands and I dropped it, and it like it stunned me. It did what it was supposed to do, but then I was oh like, my it felt, God. yeah, for sure. But then it fell on the ground, and then I picked it up and I had turned it off and put it back in. But I was like twitching, and I remember my mom got back in the car, and I had like the worst headache I'd ever had in my life. It was oh like my, my brain was pulsing, and we were supposed to go to the movies, and I remember I was like, I don't feel so good, and she was like, what happened? <laughs> well, I don't know. But like <laughs> you were like trying to act casual after like stunning your tiny kid body? Yeah, my tiny kid body. I don't like that <laughs> phrase at all. Um so that was funny. Um also like then we get to the house and first of all I saw Missy Pyle's name in the in the like the credit at the beginning. Yes. And why do I always assume Missy Miles, Missy Piles is playing somebody's mom? But I always Be- do. And I Missy Pyle is the same damn age as these girls. And I was like <laughs> she maybe like, was- a couple years older, but I for sure was like like, oh, she'd probably play in, like, Josie's mom. And then I was like, Brandon, this is this is 20 years ago. Like, but I will give you... Wait, did you look up their ages? Because I did not. And I'm wondering if she Oh, I did. They were like, all, like, they were, um... Yeah, Rosaria Dawson was really young. Um, not really young, but Rosaria Dawson well, Missy was... Piles, Missy Piles, who I love, by the way. Oh, wow. She was so young. I know, right? She was 21. Rachel Lee Cook, like 20. Yeah, Rachel Lee Cook was 21 as well. And then Tara may have been a little bit older, actually. She, yeah, Tara was 26. Well, how old was Missy Pyle? Missy Pyle was, okay, Missy Pyle was like 29. Okay, I would, that, that, (laughs) the thing is, television and movies fuck you up because you like see first of all i i guess like it depends on how you dress people and make but missy pa is like always played in my mind like someone's evil stepmom like did she you know what i mean like i mean she has like that i love missy pa so much oh my god she's fantastic i love her and everything but she has that like vibe where she's like a bitchy mother and i feel like maybe i've seen her in a lot of like kids movies maybe yeah i mean yeah missy 
like Missy Powell, Missy Powell goes where the money resides. Like she, you know, she goes to get that and coin. And she delivers. And she does a lot of like character roles, which I think can sometimes mm-hmm. lean them, lead themselves to those kinds of parts. But it was totally. really funny seeing her and then realizing like she's just the same age as them. It's like, why would you I think know. she was like Rachel Lee Cook's mom? She was born like a week before her. Um, so that was funny. <laughs> this One thing that's weird about this movie is like the structure and the ages is really confusing because it's like, it's unclear how old anyone is really. Yeah. And oh, that's I such a good point. That the movie starts, I assume that they're high school students. But then, like, this whole family dynamic moment where, like, they're at the house and they're like, first, oh, this was one of the lies that was told in this movie. It's like four or five people sitting around a table all eating bowls of ramen. And then Rosario <laughs> Dawson's character is like, yeah, like, glad we can split this ramen. And I was like, nobody. <laughs> As a child who grew up on ramen and hot dog mixed together with if my cousin Shay is listening to this um, she is you know she was the she was the queen bee she was the one who showed us all the different the the variations that existed under the rainbow there's so much you can do with ramen noodles that's another oh absolutely it is that's a whole that is a podcast because like you can't split a packet of ramen no you can't you can but you're gonna be pissed off like you're gonna be hungry as shit you're gonna be hungry as hell because it's already zero nutrients. It just fills Absolutely. your stomach up. It's only sodium. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's, there's, there's no superfoods in that little seasoning packet, baby. Um, Can't but... sprinkle your little kale on top of it. No, no, you could, but it'd be a mess. Um, but anyway, ramen's delicious. But I was just like, y'all are lying. Y'all all have. I know. Y'all all have two packs each in those bowls. Absolutely. Those and the thing wild. is, is like ramen is like ten cents. So like we can believe that you've got you know, you know, ten cent per pack ramen and you've each got your own moment happening exactly um i also just wrote down i hate the aesthetic of this band um the clothing <laughs> the hair everything and even <laughs> i kept trying to like remind myself of the time period mm-hmm. but i feel like even then these outfits weren't really slapping that hard so this is like from this era where and i guess they do it in kind of every era since like quote unquote punk rock came around that's right educate like, him girl <laughs> I don't know the fuck I'm talking about. But I feel like they like a lot of like bands that don't fall into like a totally pop category. They're like pop punk or whatever. They like slap on like all the things that they can find that were like trendy within that punk world or whatever, but like make it more like mainstream and like you buy it all at Hot Topic or wherever. I was gonna ask you. So it's you. like completely authentic. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you think that like they had Rachel Lee Cook walk through a hot topic and then one of the PAs was like behind a shelf and just pushed it on her and whatever was like <laughs> fell on her body, they were like, good, we're going to go shoot. Now. Yes. Like, yes. Because like, there was so much happening with these outfits. With every, I did write down with every character in this movie, it was like 2001 fucking threw up on them. Like nobody could just be wearing pants and a t-shirt. It was like, you had to be wearing 12,000 accessories and it's like and and they all have to be like the trendiest thing you've ever seen in your life for that time period obviously and it's like nobody people don't wear that many fucking things at one time but 
people who dress movies or like costume designers or whatever like sometimes do that and it's like it's too much it's like a 50 year old telling all these kids what's hip Um, yeah exactly and I say that as a grown ass person who I have no idea I don't know what the I don't know what the trends are I didn't even know what the trends are when the trends were happening I was always like I feel like I was always the kid who was like four trends behind and when people were wearing the thing that was new and hemp I was always like at the lunch table kind of wondering to myself if this was a complete like hit or like I don't know (laughs) and then and then you know and then when it showed up at like Marshall's dress for less like two years later then I was like grabbing like their leftovers and everybody's like it's over take the puka shell necklace off Uh, I was like, no, no. I took a bath today. I didn't just spray Lucky on my armpits. Let's have fun. (laughs) Not with you. Um, So, yeah. So, that was something that I did did know. Also, there's a moment in the movie where they do one of those classic MTV news um, uh, Uh, openings. And I was, like, holding my breath for Kurt Loder. And they gave me Serena. And I was like, I'll take it. But... What happened? Well, you didn't grow up thinking that Serena Auchel was the most beautiful. You know, no, she's a very beautiful woman. Yeah, for sure. So gorgeous. But I thought she was like, she was like, for me, like the perfect combination of like really sexy and smart. And like, she had like short, curly hair. She had like, Mm -hmm. but she was, and she was like a true journalist because she did like, I remember, I think she like did the first, um, MTV True Life and she was like hosting it and so she was like an actual journalist and I think it was like heroin addicts or something like that and like so she was like hot and smart but like also worked at MTV so she was really cool I thought I was obsessed with it I thought she was so fucking cool so yeah I thought that the after DuJour dies I really loved the commemorative box set I thought that was super classy because you got to get it out there Mm. before the bodies are cold yeah Um, especially with you know the record label is the ones behind it so I thought that was mm-hmm. a really cute moment I, yeah I also classic. wrote down and classy that, classy I also mm-hmm. wrote down that Tara Reid is almost like prohibitively stupid like <laughs> oh they my make God. her so ditzy that it's not like it's it's not really funny it's just like I don't know it's upsetting it's like, it's yeah upsetting. Well, it, I don't know it's it, it wasn't quite giving me like you know Karen and Mean Girls like it, it needed no. something else I think to round it out because it was so one dimensional it was like well so I, I wrote a lot about this too because I hate I hate the hot dumb girl trope um, unless you're gonna do something unless you're gonna do something interesting with it you know yeah absolutely which like I often find if you have if you're using that hot dumb girl trope in a movie and it's it's like expertly written and acted yes. the person the person itself turn, themselves turns out to not actually be that dumb yeah, it elevates it. It elevates it. But in this movie, because there is no fucking nuance to this movie, it is like the least subtle movie of all time. It's just like, it keeps building and building and building how fucking stupid she is. And there's no pain. It is, nothing happens. She's just an idiot. And we're supposed they to don't like get, feel warmly like about t- her. Yeah. And what I do is I progressively hate her character more and more and more and more. I'm like, well, this person like- that makes me so fucking angry. Like, and then, like, I feel like Josie and Melody, like, look at her and they're like, 
oh, you know, and I'm like, I would never look at her like that. I'd be like, read a book and get back to me when we can have a conversation. I did also, um, I didn't know that like, I, I just, it, it was really fun to see the hot happen in like brands that like I haven't thought about in so long. So it was really oh funny. God. And I did, I did find myself thinking, which once again, I'm unqualified to even think about because anybody who went to like junior high school with me and was popular will be like, you weren't sitting with us. So how would you know? <laughs> you were the boy with the limp wrists who ran quote unquote funny. So you weren't exactly privy to, to the, what was popular. Don't worry you. But like, I remember I was like, Oh, so like, I guess Steve Madden was like a really popular brand, but like, Oh honey, how would I know? Popular. I wasn't getting it until I got to Ross as we all know. And like, the name well, no, was, like, Steve, Steve Madden was really popular, but like, I, I will say this to say that like, I wasn't a very popular person either, but I was like aware of what was going on. Um, but yeah, Steve Madison, Steve Madison, <laughs> Steve that's, Madden, that's what like, I was wearing. I was wearing the knockoff. I got, to, <laughs> I got the Steve Maddie from, um, yeah, from Ross you, in the back. And it was like the defects where like the lip of the this. shoe was disconnected. And I'm like, my mom's like, we're going to figure this out when we get home. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, nothing a little electrical tape can't fix. I'll never forget, like, I'll never forget, like, getting Jinko jeans five years too late. Like, I I was so excited because I remember wanting them and I remember, like, being at, like, the mall. And my mom was like, no, because they were so expensive. And I remember my mom got so excited and she found them at uh, at Marshall's or Ross. And she brought them home and I was so hyped, too hyped. And um, (laughs) I remember, like, putting them on. You and your mom just, like, casually five years behind together. Oh, for sure. And us both just hyping each other up on this, like, complete just, like, failure. And I remember wearing them to school, and it was like, I was like, oh, they're going to be fucking gagging. And, like, not only did they not gag, they didn't care or notice me. But I remember wearing them, and I remember they were, oh, they were, like, they were, because you just have to take what you get. And they were, like, two sizes too big. So I remember, like, the belt that I wore with them. But Jinkos were supposed to be a little bit big, but they were just too big. They were prohibitively large. Um, But that didn't slow me down. And I was like, I'm going to give the kids what they want. It's like you, what they want is you not in the room, boo-boo. I remember I, like, Jenkos were really expensive, or at least, like, to me as a kid. My parents were, like, not willing to spend the money. So I remember I I did have a few pairs of Jenkos, but I, like, saved up to buy them. Like, I remember one time there was a pair that I really wanted at PacSun. And um, (laughs) my mom, yeah, okay. And my (laughs) mom was like, I will, you have to earn the money to buy them. So I, like, cleaned the oven to like get my my sexy pair of Jenkos. Oh, is... your mom was like, we're gonna do we're gonna full Cinderella fantasy. <laughs> and instead of glass slippers and a gorgeous gown, I'm walking out in pants so fucking large they should be illegal. You got on like some kids and like some oversized <laughs> instead and like a bowl haircut <laughs> on your way to school. Like <laughs> I did have a bowl of haircut at one point, but not when I was wearing Jenkos. <laughs> there was a really funny moment, all the, the moment where we hear Parker Posey's voice. And that yes. was like, it was funny when she calls Alan Cummings' character, and I said, Parker, as soon as I heard her voice. Of course, it's thought, iconic. Like, just thought the impact, like the voice, yeah. the legend. Like, it's the just cultural like, impact. It's everything. Yeah, right? Like, it was, it was just really 
really great. And yeah, this movie also just overall made me feel old, by the way, because I found myself being like, oh yeah, that. There's the scene, there's the record store scene um, when they're like at like the Sam Goody equivalent. And I was always at Sam Goody's growing up, just listening to whole albums at those little like uh, stands where you have to stand in front of them. Of course, yeah. No intention of buying anything, pockets (laughs) without without any money in them. Of course, broke as fuck. Being a kid is just being broke. I remember we it, there was a big HMV in Harvard Square and I used to go there all the time and like just like either like listen to albums that I'd like already heard on those like sampler things um, but like I didn't have access to them because I couldn't buy them or just like look at the albums that I wanted and <laughs> knew I couldn't pay for them. Just go and oh, check yeah, in on them. them. Yeah. <laughs> so good though. So good. Though. It was so nice to hold it in your hand though when you when you got it. Uh, Spend the fifteen dollars. Open up the booklet. Read all the credits. God, read, read the book. I the used to yous. read the booklets from front to back over and over and over again. I used to fantasize about like reading the thank yous and like my name <laughs> being in the thank yous. But, like, <laughs> like, like the arrogance. Who? Like, like wow. <laughs> nobody's thinking about you. It's your mom. <laughs> you loser. But it was like I remember like reading like, like the Destiny's Child like thank you liner notes for the writings on the wall and like looking for my they name. They forgot my name. It was, like, insane. Like what are you talking about? None of this makes sense. Why would it be I mean, I like get it because the fantasies of a child are absolutely unhinged. So yeah, so Misty Powell was a great addition. She played Alexandra Cabot. She is Alexandra Cabot, who is the uh, manager for Josie and the Pussycats in their small town. She's the sister. I just was going to say that Missy Pyle and her character, her brother, I know that they're like, they made that joke about like, they're like, why are you here? And she's like, I was part of the comic book. And they were like, what? And she's like, nothing. Um, did you catch that joke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did think those two characters were, like, I know probably, like, people who are very loyal to the comic book needed to see them, but I thought they brought absolutely nothing to the story to move it along. Yeah, it was, yeah, that actually, I was going to bring that up. That was my note, but fuck my comments. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, no, that actually wasn't my note. My note was about that, though. My note was about that moment and about one of the things that I did, I did enjoyed about the movie was sort of, like, the self-awareness of it all and, like, the cheekiness at times and like throwaway lines like that I thought I just, they, they brought like a sort of like I don't know like a charm like a charm to it it was so aware of what yes. it was that um yes. you know Although I think it was more, I think it was it was aware of what it was, but I felt at times like it still thought a little bit highly of itself. Yeah, I don't know what you are, but you're wor- you're a little bit worse than you think you are, like that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing. Like you're s- sort of clued in, but not fully. Yeah, which is also that's what Jane used to say to me before I go on like a blind date. <laughs> There's also, you know, there's the the infamous, like, friendship promise that has to exist in any movie where there's going to be some sort of rift down the line. <laughs> you the camera and you just say, it's me and them are bust. Like, we're going to ride mm-hmm. or die together. Nothing's going to get between us. Um, and if it does get between us, it's not going to happen in the next 30 minutes. Um, and <laughs> Until it does. That. Until it does. Until it's until that scene in the script. Nothing's mm-hmm. going to come mm-hmm. between us. But when it exactly. does... Exactly. And it could be... It could, <laughs> Honey, bye. <laughs> when those lines, when those lines show up in my script with my character's name next to him, 
I'm saying them out loud, baby. I'm saying them I will loud. be saying them. You will be on the receiving end of them. And that, my friends, is how the movie business works. Absolutely. You think I'm giving up these perks? <laughs> you think I'm giving up you think I'm giving up any of this? I'm giving up those coupons to Sizzler? No, 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 no. I'm going to get a thing going. No, 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 no. Um... Yeah, so then we, you know, there's a makeover montage, which you brought up earlier. The makeover montage is a necessary part of any sort of, like, teen fantasy moment for a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was used, uh, okay, here, not great. Um, They look exactly the same. (laughs) They look exactly the same. I also love that, like, clearly they didn't know what to do, which was a recurring theme in this movie, with Rosario Dawson's character. So, like, when Tara Reid and and, um, Rachel Lee Cooker like getting their hair done it looks like I don't know it just looks like somebody just like grabbed some of those plastic curlers and like threw them in Rosario Dawson's <laughs> hair and it's like we're fully waiting on them to do not a damn thing because they barely do anything in white people's hair but it was just like exactly. the moment that they put them in it was just like what you think what you think gonna happen well I hope you are in charge not- of her the same <laughs> it was not lost on me that Rosario Dawson in this movie, the only black woman, was <laughs> done dirty in terms of hair and costume. Her makeup was okay, but her costumes were the worst. Like they, I were, wrote that down too. I said the, all the these costumes are the horrible, worst. but they did Rosario the dirtiest. They absolutely did. And okay, so I do have something to say about the makeover sequence. So, and, and this kind of goes into what I was saying in the beginning about how this like people are like oh this is a movie about anti-capitalism or whatever but like literally in every fucking frame of this movie there is a product and it's a real product like I remember in the um in the makeover sequence they're using all this it's Revlon streetwear is the makeup line and I remember that was a huge makeup line because it was like sort of gritty and cool but it was a Affordable, so it was sort of like for all um, all the makeup heads out there. It was sort of like a an affordable urban decay, which was also very cool, and had those like those very strong metallics and those you know sort of more you know strong eyeliner and like smoky eye and you know the, that sort of rocker chick look, and that's what they were using. And I remember seeing that like in every magazine that I looked at when I was a kid, there was an advertisement for Revlon streetwear makeup. I had several of their of their products. Did you buy them or and did you sell ma- them from the store? <laughs> hey, Mom, no answer. What um, happened? Did the did it cut uh, the microphone cut out my mouth? <laughs> you want to repeat the question? Uh, Mom, go ahead and, and turn off oh. um, the podcast real quick. Um, yes, I, I lifted some of them from CVS. <laughs> okay. If anybody's Look, looking for I had to... FBI, <laughs> I'm not you know? proud of it, but I'm telling the yeah. truth. Um, so seeing that there reminded me that like people are now talking about how this movie is very anti-capitalist and the thing is is that like they're trying to show us that like we should all be free thinkers and we shouldn't be you know just like mindless consumers or whatever and I looked into it and apparently none of the um 
None of the companies paid to be in the movie. All the advertising was free, but it was still being advertised to everybody who was watching the movie. So they're doing the thing in the movie that they're saying you shouldn't be doing. So I don't understand how people are coming to that conclusion now, 20 years later. If it, and I would love to hear from our audience if people have a different take on it, because I'm I'm really trying to wrap my head around that. It doesn't make sense to me. And I've read a few pieces about it, and I, I still think that it doesn't make any sense. So, I don't know. What's your take on that, brand? I mean, I guess I kind of feel... You weren't listening. <laughs> I was listening. How fucking dare no. you? No. <laughs> I was listening. I think... Well, no. Okay, so here's what just happened. Just so we're clear, you didn't catch me <laughs> anything, bitch. What happened was I was looking up because you just fucking mentioned the thing about them not paying for ad sponsorship. So I was looking up to like support you. I'm looking up information regarding the box office budget and how much the movie made at the box office. I was going to take us into a new area of conversation, but you're too busy <laughs> trying to clock me for our fucking listeners. How fucking dare you? <laughs> yeah, I heard wow. you. Urban decay. It was a moment. Lots of pastels. It was edgy. It was funky. That so so. I but I get what you're saying. I sort of get both sides of it. The thing that this brought up for me though, while you were uh, rambling on, was it made me think about. Um, <laughs> it made me think about. Um, I guess like who this movie was for, which I think is one of the other problems with it, because it's like if your goal is to like talk about things like that, I don't really necessarily feel like this is like maybe the this is I, it's like if this movie is for like teeny boppers then I don't know that that you know what I mean or 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 was the hope like oh this will be sort of like the the smart coded messaging that we're putting into this movie for the for the parents who are going to these movies with like their 10 year old you but know the thing is, is that like all like of it like all of this movie was so heavy handed like all of, like they oh, literally yeah, yeah, no, no the movie they say like I they lit there's someone's like i think the moral of the story is this like they literally that's like a line in this movie so like mm -hmm. i don't think there's any like hidden messages in here i think they were like let's try to slap this in and like you know hopefully people will be like oh don't be mindless drones who only listen to um scary you know companies who tell you how to be how to think how to feel but also give us a ton of money <laughs> to watch this which, movie which is also funny too because it's like why like as a company why would you agree to have your brand in this movie? Because it's free. Literally, it's no, free advertising. No, I know it's free advertising, but it's just funny given what the movie is about. Like, Right, that's what I'm saying is like, that's why it can't possibly be about what it says it's about. Because it's not. It's a fake cause. You know but, what I mean? But I, for sure. But I'm just saying like, as, as like the head of branding for Target, if they come to me and they say, we're doing this movie and we're sort of like sticking our, I mean, I know they didn't phrase it this way, but we're sticking our nose up at like, you know, our, our capitalist society, then I would have like i guess you have to i guess once again you're weighing the because i don't think they, and... i don't think they presented this movie that way originally it's not about anti-capitalism when they're talking about you know don't let advertising like uh brainwash you it's like choose your choice so it's like 
it's not these brands are bad. It's these brands exist and, you know, whatever you want to do in order to live your life, like, here we are. We're just presenting them to you. But, you know, there is, in the same way that, like, they have, quote, unquote, subliminal messages in the music, they're showing that shit, you know, in our faces every 10 seconds. That's a subliminal message in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, it probably also just leads to this movie becoming, like, a watered-down version of what it probably set out to be. Yeah, maybe that maybe it was set out to be this, and then they just, like, lost control over it, and it's just, like... Like, if this was truly an anti-capitalist movie, then this movie would have been free at the box office. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, no, that makes sense. Um, I am gonna veer off to something a lot more frivolous. Yeah, um, no, this is a good transition. <laughs> because the the second um, the second thing that I had made, I made the note about Rosario's horrible wardrobe, mm-hmm. um, which we were talking about earlier. I also didn't know if it was because Rosario Dawson is so beautiful that they were, like, trying to, like, make her look frumpy. I felt like they were trying to do things to make... Although it didn't work. I mean, she still It stunning. didn't work. Well, I think... I don't think they were trying... I think... Uh, my... And this I don't like to I, I certainly don't like to comment on other people's bodies and this isn't like a negative thing about Rosario at all I think she's one of the most beautiful people in the fucking world but I do notice that you know the other two girls are like super 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 like stick thin and that was sort of the look in 2001 and so a lot of clothes are made for bodies like that and Rosario Dawson doesn't have that same body she you know is more curvy and as a person with enormous breasts I can relate to that because a lot of those clothes back then never fit me properly and like talk about your your huge your huge breasts more for everybody actually I'd like to call them yabos if we can for the record well then Um, can I say gadooga (laughs) you absolutely cannot Y'all, he took his glasses off to do that, just so you know. Um, <laughs> when, okay, so, like, I remember, like, having big breasts in 2001, as which I still do. And, Jane's like, been clothing- stacked. Jane's been stacked like some hot pancakes for two decades. Get into it. <laughs> Can't help it. Um... But a lot of the shirt options that I had back then, which thankfully things have like expanded a little bit, but it's like everything has like a roused like moment at the breast, which I saw they put her in a lot. Like everything. You mean roused? Is it roused? I don't know the difference. Roused, roused. I've never heard roused before. Roused. (laughs) Roused sounds like a disease. I don't know what it's called, but it's like that gathered fabric at the boobs. So it's like it makes like room for your boobs in the shirt Mm -hmm. and like also shows them off a little bit. But if it's not the absolute perfect size for your boobs, it looks weird. And I noticed that a couple times on some of the wardrobe that Rosario wore. And I was like, yeah, man, they just didn't have anything that like or or they didn't try to find something that was like made for her. You know what I mean? No, that's fair. I get what you're saying. Um, Yeah, I feel like that probably was just somebody who didn't really know how to, like... 
I mean, not that it, I mean, let's, let's call it like, I mean, not like Tara Reid and Rachel Lee Cook looked amazing. No! But it was just some of the <laughs> One of my main problems, honestly, too, was with the color palette that they put her in. They kept mm. her in like these sort of muted tones a lot of the movie, which Rosario? I also was, a, yeah, which yeah, I was also a little like, bit like. Glittery brown at one yeah. point. It's like, who yeah. wears like glittery brown? Like, what a fucking horrible Which <laughs> is also, we mentioned this earlier, but that's also, that was my stripper name for a number of years. <laughs> um, Jane knows. And well, and and to be fair, I don't know if you're necessarily able to really call yourself a stripper. You didn't make any money doing it. That's not true. It was a free service. If I had a ruble Mm. for every time um, (laughs) a wily, sweaty gentleman uh, came into the club and just chucked sixpences at me. <laughs> then I, I would have, I would have a satchel that was full that of was overflowing, and emotionally, I'd be sixpence none the richer, but all the wiser, you know. <laughs> Kiss me, yes, yeah, beneath the milky twilight. Um, um, Which was Jane Stripper's name, so we came full circle. <laughs> milky well. Twilight. It was hot. Um, yeah. Actually, Jane, Milky Jane Twilight mostly is did, a like, really good stripper name. It is. Jane mostly did spoken word, which a lot of people weren't here for. But, you know. I, I, I think it was it. good. It was good. It was. Like, I mean, I think it was me distracting. To, do you want me to give them an example okay. of some of your stuff? Yeah. yeah. It was sure, something. You did something like. Um, <laughs> Hickory dickory duck. White man, put away your cock. That's like a famous one of, that's one of Milky's famous lines. Um, It was a lot of really good stuff like that. Um, It it was. I did well. I did well. You got paid in snaps. (laughs) Which I always thought was cool. Hickory dickory dock, white man, put away your cock. Put that on my tombstone immediately. Done, girl. And you know, that that reminds me, I need to pay up on that insurance policy I have on you. This is, I'm getting my. I have put in my time, and I will be <laughs> rewarded appropriately. You have put in your time. Uh, hopefully, we I haven't pull a Nancy Drew and try and figure out anything afterwards. <laughs> just bought a five million dollar home the day that we put Jane in the ground. What's going on over there? <laughs> um, and also, Eugene Levy is in the movie, and it's so yes! wild to me seeing Eugene Levy in movies from this era because Eugene Levy has one of the most insane glow-ups. I have the same note. (laughs) Ever? It's so funny. Why does Eugene Levy look 20 years older in this movie than he does now? Like, because I don't know if you... Like, I don't think Eugene Eugene Levy wears, like, you know, a suit that's not custom now. Um, Well, it's so funny. But I think Dan would show up and be like, those years are over, (laughs) boo-boo. Well, it's funny because in this movie, he's wearing the classic Canadian tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Jean on jean on jean. Denim on mm-hmm. denim on denim. Do I kind of feel like denim on denim is a really good, like, stripper name or drag name. Ooh, I kind of like, I kind of like it for i uh, I'm trying to decide. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I, maybe that's not a good denim on denim. I don't know. Something I about like, it. I, feel I like, like a single, I like a single denim, but replace the I with a Y. For a stripper name. Oh, okay, denim. that could work. Or maybe like a name like Damon on denim, or 
Devlin on denim. You know what that's giving me? Damon on denim is giving me like British, like, you know, Newcastle upon Tyne or whatever vibes. Damon on denim is giving me like a, like a kind of like actually like an edgy, like clothing brand. Oh, yeah. So who? Yeah, that could be like Damon Wayne Jr.'s like clothing brand, like a, like his so his denim, his denim. Nobody wants a Damon Wayne Jr. clothing. <laughs> brand. I know. What fucking pants is he walking around wearing that I'm like, oh, I want to fucking wear Damon Wayne Jr.'s jeans. <laughs> Style icon, Damon Wayne Jr. I love him. He's so funny. But He's wonderful. I never, but, like, but I never think about his jeans. <laughs> no, that's not a person that like. I need like clothing adv- advice from just because like you know that's like I was like I don't need like a Natasha Leone like you know Palazzo pant How company. How dare you? I love her. I love her. Um, I know. But yeah, and I buy so, I buy her um, Palazzos. I wouldn't. I know. Not to you for me. I think coming from Jane. Um, but I uh, I also I, I thought it was really funny in this movie when there's the whole like meeting where like Parker's sort of explaining to everybody how they're gonna make all this money. Um, and she's explaining and they, they make the comment about like how they're going to tap into like this untapped market with the subliminal messaging this is when they bring the government organizations in to be like this is going to be global like we're going to make so much money and they were like they were like, yeah we're going to go after that untapped teen market and like all the money that they have and I was like maybe like a certain like zip code maybe in certain zip codes we're talking about but like maybe. I stayed broke like I I, I, I worked while I was in high school and I never had money. My money went to gas and like I don't even know what McDonald's. That's pretty much it. Like <laughs> I, I had zero 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 money. Any money I went any money I had absolutely it went to food. Well to food. here's the thing. I didn't work in high school because <laughs> I did so poorly academically. My parents were like, um I think you need to focus on school and absolutely not have a job. So I was like I never had money. My friends who worked had like a little money but it was like I never had anything we were I always all broke beg for it for my parents we were all, all the time broke. I mean and so asking I don't people know to contribute what they're to, talking about asking people to contribute to that gas because that was me too <laughs> hey mama you've been getting a lot of rides home yeah throw down love, a five love to see a couple washies oh I <laughs> Washies? Is that like Washington, George Washington's? You know it ain't Benjamin's. <laughs> I, love to I see remember a couple. pulling up to the gas station like right by my parents' house and be like, can you just put in five? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so embarrassed about asking for five dollars worth of gas. I'd love to see a couple Truman's if you got any. <laughs> You got yeah, any, I don't know. You got any Woody Wilsons on you? Who's <laughs> Woodrow Wilson on the on the? He's not. He's I'm not. Naming, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I remember my friend John in high school. I'd never seen anybody do this before. We went to get gas one time, and after like you've gotten the amount of gas that is like you know has been given to you based on like you know the seven dollars that you paid he would take the tube and he would lift the tube of like that was connected to the gas pump he would Uh lift it up and he would shake it like into the car like it was like there was like there was more gas like hanging out in that in that loose tube that people but he would pick it up and hold it over his head and like jiggle it and i remember being like did that work no but i remember (laughs) But I remember I'm thinking, thinking like now I'm like oh that's a good 
It was I mean, so I... much work. And I've, I don't, honestly, you know what? I shouldn't have said no like that because I really don't know, but I can't imagine. It's not like, it's not like there's an extra, like, half a gallon chilling in the fucking no, tube. No, either, either way, you're getting about 30 cents worth of No, the, the, gig is, the gig is up. But I remember him doing that, though, with, like, a cigarette hanging out of his Wait. mouth. My friends were always smoking cigarettes and pumping gas. Like, just, just asking to be took. Just daring God. <laughs> 15 year old bodies just like oh my what god are you doing? not me not I'm, me mama no of course not but i certainly me and i thought i was fucking invincible i would have done anything at 15 16 now i'm terrified i think about the things that i did and i'm like i should be dead i should be dead and i can't you know i'm never gonna tell my parents some of the things that i did but like so stupid i hope I, when i think about my niece and nephew doing stuff like that i'm like oh my god never let them leave the house never yeah, no, I'd be yeah, I'd be that parent for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, should we? Okay, so I actually something to bring it back to the movie that we watched, which clearly we are not um, doing a good job at right now. You've gotten um, me off track a couple of times, I'll admit, but <laughs> I'm here to do the work. When you are, when you're ready to stop playing this game of grab ass, we've been playing. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> Anyways. Um, what do you think about um, Rachel Lee Cook's wig? <laughs> Was it a wig? Oh, honey, come on, really? You know I'm so bad. You guys, I'm always I'm like texting Jane, you- or when Jane and I watch movies, I'm always like, is that a wig? And I'm horrible. <laughs> and it's just like with my mom, when me and my mom watch movies, and it's like, is that a weave? And my mom's 90% of the time, I was like, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how can you not pick up on that? I'm Although- so bad i'm getting better at telling with white women because i can kind of if i can tell with white women um Mm -hmm. if it's if the hair is like blonde then a lot Mm -hmm. of times but it's only because of you i now can tell (laughs) and because you have like trained me and so now you're like if anybody's hair is like too blonde then you're always like nobody nobody over the age of 10 has hair that blonde that 50 year old bitch doesn't have hair the color of corn well or like, you can I mean speaking as someone who has unnaturally blonde hair you can dye it very very blonde but you know you can always tell whether it's dyed or not because there is you can or sorry whether it's a wig or not you can just tell I don't know how to explain it to you, but you can't. It just didn't cross my mind, I guess, that it would be because I just thought, like, what? What's the well, pursuit? What are we in pursuit she is of? Wearing, in some in some scenes, she is wearing a wig, and in some scenes, she's not. And I'm wondering, Which like, interesting. Did they have to go back and reshoot things, and they her hair was? That's probably what it was. Either that, or her hair started breaking, or something. Although, honestly, her hair color is like it's like a red. It's not like anything like crazy so it's like i don't know if like it would have been the situation you know like mila jovovich and you know the fifth element where i also i want to talk about why we felt like in the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s like why we really felt the need for everyone's hair to stick out so aggressively like everyone like had that like i you know that like meg ryan look where it's like so pc and like sticky outy and then like all the men or people who had short hair had like really spiky hair like why was that the vibe why did people want hair that looked like it would hurt you if you touched it i actually kind of do know this as you know i am um i'm a formidable historian and Mm -hmm. i've done a lot of research i've looked at the sacred books i've gone and i've looked at the ancient um hieroglyphics on the walls of 
caves, you know, tombs. Um, so I know that the deal that we made with the gods to let mm. the world continue, um, as a lot of you may remember, um, there was Y2K, W-H-Y-2K was how it was written out often. Um, but that year we were supposed to, the world was supposed to implode on itself at the moment that it turned 2000 on January the 1st. Many of us were in the bomb shelters. We remember some of us were in the front lines. Um, and the deal that we made with the gods in order to let us continue on mm. as a civilization, and we all see how great mm-hmm. that's gone. A lot of good stuff's mm-hmm. happened in the last couple years since we've all been around. Um, but the deal was that every woman would have hair that flipped out at least two to three inches from her dome. Um, multiple flips. <laughs> multiple flips mm-hmm. was designed. You have to have layers of flips. Exactly. Layers of flips. Layer. Flip on flip on yeah. flip. Um, that was the deal that we made. And um, we had to pay our penance. And we did that in the early the early aughts was really when we had to pay the piper, so to speak. We did. Um, and I'm glad that's over, but I'm also terrified of what's to come because you know fashion is cyclical and we oh, are already approaching some of these things. I've already like some of the things that people wore in this movie, I've seen people wear, you know, like 17 year old girls wearing and I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? One thing I'm living for that's coming back in a big mm-hmm. way is this like the feathered hair mm-hmm. that's coming back 70s. I get caught yes, up watching that. those videos of women on like IG, just mm-hmm. videos of women literally feathering their hair. And the oh, most yeah. satisfying part of the video is the last like 30 seconds after you've done that, when you when they flip the hair forward <laughs> and they flip it back and the pros, they do the pros do it 10 times, damn it. They flip it forward, they flip it back and it just, it's a bounty. It really yeah. is. And it's, it's just a full, it's just a fully satisfying moment for me as a person who has hair down to my butt crack. Um, <laughs> really long, thick, beautiful hair um, for my scalp. Uh, so it's, I love seeing it because I'm like... it's it's mesmerizing to watch also because i'm a person who i love hair but i'm really bad at doing my own hair and so i never do anything to my own hair unless someone else is doing it and so i'm always i love watching those videos where it's like i just am like (laughs) i feel like i'm like stoned just sitting there watching people do their hair for hours on like and you have been before because sometimes i'll lace your stuff that you're Cause I like to see you with a little with your edge off. What do you what do you, what do you lace me with, Bran? Um, I don't know. What are they? I'm not. I'm not from here, so I don't. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it. Uh, crack, I think, is <laughs> what they call it. In mm. yeah, so that's something that I cocaine crack. Um, <laughs> anything like that. That's usually a name that I'll put on it. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, you put the you put those in my beverage. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, antifreeze? Oh, okay. So you're trying to kill me. Ethylene glycol? <laughs> okay. So um, <laughs> where there's like a red carpet moment where they're going to the red carpet. Okay. So the red carpet is like, it is dire. It is like, it's the red, it's like the red carpet at one of those. I don't know if you used to watch these when you were a kid, but like um, you didn't. I know you didn't. God, I'm insane tonight. There okay, were these, tell me. Was, there were these networks. They still are around, but they're like Christian networks. And they no, like, I surely didn't watch that. But they would have like a 
award shows, and they would always like be like, "It's popping," and like they'd make it seem like it's really popping. Um, because you know maybe they'd get like maybe they get like Amy Grant to show up, and so and who I lo- like, who I loved, and when I found out she was like super religious, I was like, "What?" <laughs> but just so we're clear, Baby Baby is like a bop, a bop for the ages. Mm-hmm. Baby, 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 I'm taking with a notion to love you in the sweetest Fuck. So, so that exactly. There's also a moment in this movie that's really wonderful, um, where they like where Fiona this the Parker Posey character she invites the girls to her bedroom yes it's like, like the, the best weirdest part. scene ever it's like she invites them to her bedroom obviously we all know that her intentions are less than altruistic um and she is like sitting on the bed first of all the room is like it's pinker than any adult woman's room should be like <laughs> well that's the whole point it's like it's like a bubblegum fantasy. It's what you would call, I think, like Stephen Collins' dream bedroom scenario. For sure. Absolutely very, very that. And Jane would know. <laughs> so that room, the room is really like weird. And there's a moment on the bed when she's like sitting behind Rachel Lee Cook and she's like, oh, yeah. how much do you weigh? And it's just like, it's such an inappropriate question. It is so weird. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that it would like make my skin crawl, but for for some reason it does it's so creepy and like inappropriate <laughs> so and, like, i yes so she's like she says how much she's like giving her a shoulder up and she's like um so how much do you weigh and rachel lee cook is like what <laughs> and she's like how much do you weigh and she's like 118 pounds <laughs> and parker Buzzy delivers this so well she's like ha 115 i'm three pounds lighter <laughs> it's like the worst our friend patrick I remember one time Patrick would, I don't know, maybe he won't like the story. Never mind. But Patrick one time was at a bar and uh, Patrick is a homosexual. And so he was at <laughs> one of those establishments, um, the only ones we frequent. And he was at a bar and this guy sat, ne- was sat down like next to him and they were wearing the same shirt. And the guy was like, oh my God, we're wearing the same, sh-. The, the guy like, you know, pointed out to Patrick, am I wearing the same shirt? And Patrick's like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, we are. And then the guy goes, mine's an extra small. <laughs> <laughs> what was like, a disgusting isn't that so fucking awful? thing to say. And I was like, I so mean, after you threw up on his head, what happened next? <laughs> like, after you fucking ended his life, ugh, what did you do? God. <laughs> I forgot about that. I remember that story. Isn't that is the insane thing to say to somebody. I, I mean, well, it goes to show that we come from a very fat phobic society. But also, I was going like, to say, if that was me, it would have been like. <laughs> Mine's a double XL discontinued. <laughs> if that was I me, had to I would have company and have it made. <laughs> Whatever. I just I, that is so disgusting. To say. I've been referred to by the brand manager as quote unquote difficult. <laughs> um. So that, and then of course, the thing that we have to talk about next mm-hmm. is it's the elephant in the room, Mama. Okay. Carson Daly and Tara Reid oh, in this shit. movie together, giving us full early odds fantasy. The thing about Carson Daly is I forget how many famous people Carson Daly dated while he was hosting TRL. And Who did he date? Well, it was her. It was Jennifer Love Hewitt. It was um. 
You remember Jennifer Love Hewitt and Carson Daly? I'm just remembering that. I, I yeah, they were like so. a, they were like a couple couple. There, I, I don't know why those are the only two. Carson is Daly. Is that oh who my God. she? Is that who she wrote Bare Naked about? Um, she, I think she wrote Bare Naked was actually a love letter to um, her tiny scarf that she was wearing at the time. <laughs> Shout out to the um, JLH heads who will be the only one who get that. But you know you love that song, Bare Naked, and you know oh my you God. love that music video. And let me tell you, all listeners, you are not alone. I loved it, too. I mean, it was that or I don't want to do with you. Yeah, that that was for the I Know What You Did Last Summer 2 soundtrack. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was an album wow. track. I'm so old. As we spoke about earlier, useless info. And I remember being like chomping at the bits ready for that video to drop. Like, <laughs> ugh, what a childhood. Um, Tara Reid, Jamie Presley, Christina Aguilera, Ashley what? Simpson. No, he didn't really date Christina Aguilera. I feel like that was a rumor. I mean, maybe it Ashley was. Ashley Simpson? I feel like I remember that. He must have been after Ryan Cabrera. No, 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 honey. That can't be true. Okay. I don't live it. I don't live it. First of all, I was an Ashley Simpson stan, and I will on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a living, breathing person. (laughs) Oh, my God. Have you heard the autobiography album? Um, yeah, I listened to it recently. It's still good. <laughs> That's a good album. That's a good oh, album. <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh my god. I like secretly was like, this is okay. So, shout out to our friend you. Megan Love, who I used to drive around Santa Fe and listen to autobiography on like, like, we used to listen to it <laughs> driving through the mountains on like such a loud, insane volume. And I remember one time getting in the car with our friends who are friends who like, I think just we hoped thought we were cool um and i remember getting in the car and and one time and the last time we were in the car was us driving around listening to and and she started the car and it was lala was like blasting from the speakers and like and like megan like looked at me and we both were like oh what's going on with this radio this isn't working what was what happened to modest mouse this isn't it um kind of like hide the truth that was okay so me and <laughs> me and my friend Allie shout out to Allie we loved that album but we knew enough to know that it was like embarrassing and so uh, we were like sitting I remember she's gonna kill me we were like sitting on her back porch like listening to this album being like this is so good this is so deep like everything Ashley's saying is like hitting my soul and then us being like we have to promise we never tell anybody about this guy this is so embarrassing. And then you you told our four million listeners. And then I got a podcast and I'm saying it to everybody. We want everybody to know. We stand, we stand autobiography. And um, there were a couple of cute ones after that too, but that was really her, that was really her jagged little pill. Um, I mean, and me and my friend James have been talking about it like recently within like, uh, within quarantine, like we, we, 
absolutely have revived our love for that album. Oh my god, yes. Shout out. Um, mm. So yeah, so Carson Daly has his cameo, which is honestly more than a cameo. It's a whole ass part. It's a whole ass part. And I think this is where he and Tara Reid met. I think you may be right. Yeah, they yeah. have like a whole like fight scene together where Carson Daly like tries to like they were actually I think engaged around this time too. I forgot they were engaged. Um, but I forgot about that too. Yeah, they were. Yeah, like, but serious. they were a real. Co- they were a real, real deal couple. And then um, it's like Bizarro Carson, and he's trying to kill her because he works for like the conglomerate that's like trying to take over the world, and they're trying to get rid of like um, Tara Reed, Melody, and Valerie, the Rosario Dawson and Tara Reed character. And we the got, thing that the thing that bothered me about getting Melody and Valerie to TRL is that like Alan Cumming is like oh you guys are going to tape TRL like Carson wants to know, get to know the pussycats and it's at night and I was like TRL doesn't film at night you should already be suspicious but isn't that like a more. line in the movie don't they, doesn't somebody say that like it's nighttime? Do they? Doesn't film I, at night. I feel like maybe I somebody said that, but I could be making that up as well. I maybe they did and I missed it, or maybe I maybe they did and I internalized it as my own commentary on the movie. But I don't think that I did. I think you know. Well, I'm just trying to save myself. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> stupid. And then also, um, there's a moment later on where. Where the, like the whole thing is, you know, they're trying to they're they're trying to take over Josie's brain. They're using the same sort of um, they're using the records and the music to send the subliminal messages to her that she's a star. She doesn't need these other people, um, and she's listening to the music. And then there's a moment where she like the girls come in and tell her about how they were almost killed by Carson Daly and Ari Spears, which is a phrase I'm sure many young women from the early 2000s have uttered. Um, and they run in the room and they start telling them like, oh my god, like you know, this, you know, we were almost killed and uh, she's not hearing it and she's just sort of like, oh, I don't care about any of that. I'm the star of the group and blah, blah, blah. You guys are, you know, been hanging on my coattails for too long and they're hurt and whatever, but obviously this is a brainwashed version of Josie because um, mm-hmm. of the stuff she's been listening to. Later on in the movie, there's a, mo- a little, a quick little montage moment where she's walking around, you know, the town and uh, the city and she's listening to the subliminal messaging in the song. She falls and her headphones fly off. Mm-hmm. And when her headphones fly off, it's like her brain's clear for a second. And mm-hmm. she sort of starts to put the pieces together and like, oh my God, it must be what I'm listening to that's making me think this way. And I then I thought back to the scene right before this when she confronts them and she's not wearing the headphones. She's just sitting yeah, on the couch. Yeah, because she's been brainwashed. But then later on, like a scene later, the headphones fall off and she's yeah, able to Yeah, okay. This is funny that you bring this up because I actually thought about this too. And I talked about it with our friend Laura, who I watched the movie with for the third fucking time. And it's not the headphones being knocked off that bring her back to life. It is, or not back to life, but like back to like, or bring her out of her brainwashing. It's the fucking, if you'll notice, her um, bus pass falls out of her purse, and it's the picture of the three girls. And when they were on the plane earlier, they were like looking at their bus passes, and we were like, okay, well clearly that's going to come into play later. They're like, we're the only people in Riverdale who are allowed to have three people on their picture for their bus pass, which like, I don't know how it works in small towns, but I've never had to take a photograph for my, you know, transit card, but I guess that's the vibe in Riverdale. Um, 
So it's it's seeing a picture of her and Melody and Valerie that rips her out of the brainwashing, apparently. That's what I think. And then there's a moment where she confronts uh she confronts she confronts Fiona and she <laughs> and she confronts Wyatt, Alan Akar's character. And mm. then like Fiona has like she reveals herself to be like this like I guess less than version of herself. She's got like a speech impediment that's like really heavy. Um, <laughs> Which and is like, fake. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's like this yeah. insane speech impediment. And then she also, and then Alan, Alan Cumming has like this like old man's body or something like it's like yeah it's like real it's like it's it's actually sending like a really shitty message oh of course because <laughs> it's like oh these quote-unquote unattractive people like are doing all this world domination because they are mad at the people who are mean to them for being unattractive i guess and so <laughs> they're like trying to take over the world now but then, but they, then like, they like went to school together and they didn't notice the entire time that they've been literally working together to take over the world that they're classmates from school. Um, An absolutely unhinged version of events. Like, I can't <laughs> imagine that happening. Yeah, and then the secret government, there's, and the secret government organization, and it's like, it's a whole, it's a whole moment. Um, there's also a moment earlier in the movie where Parker Posey sort of has her meeting with, like, the heads of, like, you know, the Pentagon and all of these like you know like very powerful organizations and the FBI you know, I think the FBI everybody's there they have this moment though where they're, she's talking to one of them and then like the guy's walk the guy like turns to walk away she's like yeah she's she's like yeah it, it's gonna be exactly like that and then she's like she says something like until I take you down and then he's like excuse me <laughs> oh yeah oh no nothing and it's just like it's a really funny bit it's 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 the it's like one of the few bits in this movie that is actually funny, like that actually made me laugh. But Dave also pointed out that part of the reason why that bit worked was because it was Parker Posey. Like, exactly. The only yeah. funny moments are due to Alan Cumming and Parker Posey because they are they are really good comedic actors. They're, they're gems. They really are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and. Uh, in the end, you know, the, the group figures it out. They figure mm-hmm. out that the brainwashing's been happening and they stand in their truth and they say, mm-hmm. we're going to do this and we're going to do it our way, authentically, um, mm-hmm. lip syncing over mm-hmm. these vocals that were pre-recorded mm-hmm. by other people. Uh, on Actually, stage. I do I do want to talk about one of the, about the, who's the singer. Yeah, so, no, please do. Fifi Dobson, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Always trying to make Phoebe Dobson happen. Okay, so I loved this soundtrack. I hated the movie, but I love the soundtrack because the person who does the vocals for Josie is Kay Hanley, who, if you don't know, is the lead singer to a little band called Letters to Cleo. Are you familiar? Of course. Yeah. So I loved Letters to Cleo when I was a kid. They're a Boston band and like they were just, I don't know how I discovered them, but I their first two albums I loved. And like, I actually still listen to those albums. They're so good. I love this. I love the sound of her voice. And so when I found out that she was doing the vocals for Josie and the Pussycats when this movie came out, I bought 
the soundtrack and I listened to it all the time, but I didn't like the movie at all. I just loved her voice. So that's like why I feel like kind of connected to this movie, even though like I didn't really like it. Because of that music, because of that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. idea, by the way, um, who who they are. I just said that. Who Letters to Cleo are? Okay, so for people who don't know, they're... <laughs> no, educate me. Okay, so also, if you're a fan of Parks and Rec, like, they kind of had a little resurgence because there's an episode where Ben Wyatt is wearing a Letters to Cleo shirt. And oh. then... And then they, and then like a few episodes later, maybe like a season later or something like that, I think it's like, um, you know how they do that, like they did that big fundraising concert to like make money so Leslie Nope could build a park or whatever? Yeah. Letters, Letters to Cleo played um, as one of the bands. So, and like, I think Leslie did that as like a surprise to Ben or whatever. But because of that, like they had like a kind of more of a resurgence when um, that episode aired. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you don't care, but I loved No, them. that was a solid factoid. <laughs> I hate you so much. I gave the most I could possibly give, Jay. <laughs> it's what like, did you, you want from me? I wanted you to... F- I wanted you to... F- Wait, Parks and Rec? <laughs> Leslie Nope, the character played by Amy Poehler? Seth SNL Sweetheart? Alum? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Start over again. Because I want to make sure I'm hearing this right. Let us to Cleo. Apparently. Adam Scott. It's a bitch. Excuse me. Amy Bowler. You together? <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. I love I was you. Gonna I say, don't know who they are, but I will Apparently. They're good. I, I will send you. No, I believe you. No, I believe you. I'm not questioning that. I know. I probably would. Yeah. No, that is interesting. Yeah. I vaguely remember the Letters to Cleo shirt. I don't really remember the Parks concert. But this conversation has made me realize how away. often I lie about knowing things that I don't know. Um, <laughs> which and is... like. Oh, my husband does it also, by the way, all the time. He's always <laughs> lying about some shit he knows. And then I confront him and I'm like, you don't, you you don't, don't know, know that. who that is. The thing is, is that I feel like I've been caught in that too many times. So I have absolutely stopped. Like, I'm just like, I'm very honest about what I don't know. And let me tell you, you could fill a fucking volume of books of shit that I don't know. And I have to be honest about it because I am done looking like an idiot. <laughs> no, Dave will just, Dave just wants to end the conversation. <laughs> But Dave will lie. Dave is a white man, like occasion, and he will lie about some shit that I know he doesn't know. Because it's like you only know that if you're black or if you grew up. Like if we're talking about something, you don't know what that is. Why are you lying? He just he just wants to move. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> like mm, okay, but anyway, I love him. I do too. Even though he's a liar, he's our yeah. liar. He's, um, he's our liar. And um, I tell you what's not a lie though. This movie did happen. Um, it was produced have, and it was directed. I do have one more thing to say about it before we end. Say it, so, girl. Speak on it. Say it with your chest. <laughs> so we never talked about Josie's love interest this whole time because it barely matters. Yeah, but non- Oh, I did have a... Co- no, Dave and I were talking. I did write in my notes, actually, like, this person, like, this person could matter less. Yeah. <laughs> 
as a human being in the world, but as a character. No, but just, as and, a character in this movie, he's like so. And but I was like, like there has to be a love interest in a teen movie. But no also, I was what. just like, there. I feel like there's so many more interesting routes they could have taken with the love interest. Of course. Um, just like thinking about all of those actors from that period that they could have thrown in this part and like have like a real like moment, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I didn't recognize I that person. What happens you- when like Tobey Maguire and Chris Klein's phones are disconnected? I guess <laughs> booked and busy. Booked um, and busy. <laughs> but they have this conversation, so they play this big concert. Josie and the Pussycats play this big concert at the end, and <laughs> and I do want to point like- out that it, I'm so sorry. I did want to point out it's actually pronounced Josie and the Putty Tats, and I thought that was. <laughs> Fucking sent me. That's so stupid. Thank you. So, so fucking stupid. Oh my god. I take okay. what I can get. That's sort of my brand. <laughs> stupid shit. Dumb ass shit, but it worked for me. But anyways, so at the end at the concert, Alan M like starts to crowd surf and like starts yelling her name and it's like she sees him and they have this conversation declare their love for each other and then he he crowd surfs to the front and like goes to the stage and they kiss and it's a big romantic moment or whatever and you're like oh yeah I forgot about that guy but the thing that like kills me about this is like it's a huge stadium show like she never would have been able to hear him or see him and they're having this whole conversation back and forth and like that is it's it was annoyingly unbelievable at the end of a very annoying movie um my question here is <laughs> that we ask them, did you enjoy the movie <laughs> no would you watch it again if no. someone was oh no okay well, okay let me no that's not true well, it was cute and it was a fun throwback to like a specific time period I probably wouldn't watch totally. it again um like if it was on television I wouldn't watch it no I'd probably see if I could find yeah. if I could I mean if I could rustle up an SVU rerun that's probably <laughs> that's gonna, gonna be take the thing precedence. that happens <laughs> yeah which is the same thing I think that is the same answer I think you'd get from Rachel Lee Cook or Rosario Dawson as well <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I feel the same way. Um, but it was fun to revisit. And it's fun to avoid talking about this movie with you because we barely touched on it. But I think we touched on the important points. <laughs> we touched on what we touched on. Um, okay. So are, are you going to tell me what's going yeah, on Yeah. It's time for you to find out um, what you're going to be watching next week. Mm-hmm. Mommy, get ready to... I'm literally changing the movie this second. Oh my god. I've never done this before. I've never done this before. I don't even know where this movie just popped into my head. I swear to God, on my mother's life, I'm not making this up. Like, I'm literally changing it. And this other movie wasn't even in the list of movies I was thinking about. But mama, it's happening. It must be happening for a reason. Jamie, you're gonna be watching Encino Man. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so this is um wait, I'm giving you my first impressions right now. Yes. Um okay, so I know um I'm trying to remember who the main guy is. It's like a it's like a it's like a hot 80s guy, right? Um, I mean 80s it- or 90s. 
Oh, 80s or not. Is it Keanu? Is it Keanu? No, um, but close. It's uh, Brendan Fraser. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, should I tell you? <gasps> oh. I can't tell you anything else. I can't tell you anything else, right? No, I'm going to... Okay, no, you can't. I'm, okay, so well, now I know. It's Just Brandon your Fraser. first impressions. I already gave you too much, but that's. Do you know anything okay. else? Brandon Fraser, and I know, like, he's like a caveman or something, right? You can't tell me! I'm so excited. Um. I'm really excited about this. What, okay, I what think, year do you what year do you think this came out? What year do I think this came out? 1992 is the first one that hit my brain. Did yeah, I get it? Mama. <gasps> Why am I I'm like the, I'm going to take this moment to congratulate myself, but I feel like I'm so fucking good at guessing years that movies came out. You're and okay. that is a really niche skill, but I'm gonna celebrate me because I need to take these moments where I can, you know. And I it's can't celebrate you because I I know you. <laughs> I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait. I'm really excited. I feel like we're gonna have a lot to talk about with that one too. I think so too. Um, this has been uh, too much fun, maybe. Um, yeah. But I loved it, and um, this was a really fun episode. And I this hope was, that everybody enjoyed it. This was a really fun it. episode. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. We love you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. don't really want to talk about this movie because we really didn't like it very much. Don't say that, Jane. They're going to stop listening.